Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and even strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution, as these podcasts will feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap we have Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, directed by Richard Marquand. Welcome back to Rye Smile Films. Today we're continuing along on our Galaxy Far, Far Away cask with the look at Film 3 in the original Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi, from 1983. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation, and as we've done in the last couple weeks, we've had some guests come along to share their experiences with Star Wars and their takes on it, and that's going to continue today with, um, we're being joined by, with Mark, who you'll remember from our Raiders of the Lost Ark episode, which that was a lot of fun. So It was Raiders, wasn't it? Yeah, Mark, I'd like to welcome you back to the show. Thank welcome you. Welcome back, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Excellent. So, Mark brought a gift, didn't he? He sure did. Yeah, tell us about this gift, Mark. So this is the Wilderness Trail uh, Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Um, I picked it up in a tasting. I happened to be in Chicago wandering around downtown and uh, found, a, found a liquor tasting and uh, really liked this one. Um, I'll warn you, it is uh, barrel strength, uh, 57% alcohol, so go easy. But uh, get the morning it's, started, a, yeah. it's, it's a very nice, <laughs> yeah. very nice little little rye whiskey here. Excellent. Some serious holiday morning cheer. Excellent. Yeah. And well, it's, oh yeah, we should mention it's uh, signed on the side as bottle number 65. Yeah. So Excellent. what that's worth. Why don't you go ahead and pour us a, a, a little sum there. And while Mark's doing that, I just want to say a big thank you to all the listeners and downloaders of Rye Smile Films, you know. You know, when Matt and I started this, you know, it was just two guys talking in a room about film and we were able to kind of put it on a platform that, you know, people were able to, to listen and kind of listen to our takes, our criticisms, our kind of in-depth analysis of film, and I hope entertaining at the same time. And as we're kind of coming up on a year, the numbers always stagger us as, as you know, we've kind of discussed on Monday, Matt, we had our biggest download day of the year so far with Empire Strikes Back, which is pretty amazing, so... Guys, it was over 170 downloads that day. Yeah, we are just Woo-hoo. there's a, there's a chance. Yeah, we make 20,000 downloads by the end of the year. Yeah, I I don't have data that says what success looks like in podcasts, and I don't I don't even know if I care like globally what that means. I sure. just know from where this the opus of this in my office and your idea. We mm-hmm. talk so much film. Let's do something with it. And the very first cut of Aquaman that never made it to. The viewers' ears to where it is now. Maybe it will one day. It's been a beautiful journey. Hasn't it has it? been a lot of I'd fun like to hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That and, might have to be like a special bonus one day. And it's mostly because people want to listen to what you and I did for so many years before we sat down to actually write. Yeah, it blows me away. Exactly. Right? But Rye Nation, to you all out there, yeah, and all of the support and guest listeners, whether you're in Australia, Denmark, South Carolina, Minnesota, all those uh, exotic places. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Ha- happy Festivus. All that. Whatever you celebrate. Happy and Hanukkah. Cheers to you all. On Thank high. God bless you. you all. Let's yep. give this a go. Yep. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Clank again. Clank. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's terrific. That's like a very almost smooth rye. That's I know. That's the smoothest rye I've ever had. I constitute yeah. rye with like being very harsh at the beginning. If an elitist bottle of Basil Hayden met rye, it would be this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which is high praise because you know that I love that bottle. Yes. Uh, this is terrific. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I've never never heard of. Are that. you a rye guy? 
I, I you know I do like rye because um, I, I like to make Manhattans. Oh yeah, and, there and, you go. You know, a, a prohibition era Manhattan is made with rye, not bourbon. Like, mm-hmm. so nowadays, people mostly make it with bourbon, but sure. I go straight back to you know prohibition and rye Manhattans. OG. There you go. Oh, sounds lovely. Excellent. Well, Mark, as you know, when the guests come, they have to... say yay, boomer, or yeah, boomer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, when the guests come, they have to bring our flight and nightcap questions, and you have two really interesting ones for us today. So why don't you hit us with that flight question? Definitely. Okay, I'm trying to remember which was which. I think the flight question was, what's your favorite vehicle from the Star Wars Saga, saga. <laughs> from the, what do you call all the collection of movies? Exactly. It's not. It's multiple trilogies, right? Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite vehicle? And mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about talking about good versus evil. Like one good and one bad. One good and one bad. Okay. Yeah. Want to start with the good round first or the bad round Let's first? Good, or you go first. Good, good's harder, I think. <laughs> it is. The bad vehicles are cooler. <laughs> it's all a, a lettered shaped vehicle, isn't it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So sticking with that, yeah. I'm going to go with the Y-Wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the the structure of that with the cylinders on the back. It literally looks like a flying Y with the Y pointing at the target. Um, I think it's a really interesting construction. They seem rather lumbering in the movies and a bit more on the medical front than the attack front, but it also has a, a bomber feel to it. I mean, yeah, their purpose is different in battle compared to like the X-wing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think they look cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's really that simple for me. I think that's a really cool design ship. So, a close second, honorable mention in honor of Jesse is the Sand Speeder that Luke rides in A New Hope in the first one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like that. You know, and maybe it's because that was the first vehicle in the Star Wars toys that I ever got, and I used to roll it across the linoleum floor, and that thing hauled ass. Um, Are you saying in honor of me because I pick multiple things all the time? You don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's uh, the Y-Wing with an honorable mention in Jesseville. In Jesse style. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Mark, you want to do yours? Well, I mean, this is like too obvious, but it's the one that always stuck with me from the very first film of the Millennium Falcon, right? Never heard of it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, You know, just, you know, it's, it's the fastest ship in the galaxy and, Mm -hmm. you know, and made the parsec run or made the Kessel run less than 12 parsecs. Yeah. 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 yeah, All that kind of stuff and all that kind of the, the, the legend around it. And, you know, there's always something going wrong and it's, it's not that they're using duct tape and bailing wire, but it feels like that. It's It's like, it's like having an old Volkswagen, you know, that you're putting together yourself. I mean, it just it just feels the, like that. And for me, you know, the yeah. whole hyperspace thing to see that for the first time in oh, New Hope yeah. was just like blew my mind so as cool. a kid. It so. is really cool. Yeah, it's it's hard not to pick that one. And since you picked it, I'll kind of steer away because that was kind of my number one. It's just I, I, I figured you and I were both going to pick the same thing. But. It's too, it's very iconic, and like you mentioned it too. I think my favorite part of it is that it's always breaking down through all however many movies it's been in it's like unreliable this unreliable ship that always kind of makes it through at the end of the day it's a little dirty and grittier on the inside than the other ships right exactly. you know it feels there's a little more aliens feel to it oh you yeah know, it's it just kind of I, I don't know it just feels more real that's pretty good there's a book out there called zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance oh yeah it's you guys book. ever read that oh yeah I always think about when the, the Millennium Falcon is broken down again, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mostly Han and Chewie, but some other ones at different times are going through that. I feel like that's a lot of the dialogue that goes on between the dad and the son and Zen about motorcycle maintenance. Like it creates relationship mm-hmm. through the rebuilding of that. I just sort of have always drawn those two together. So Yeah, it's, it's about the journey, not the destination, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It really is. 
That's really those are those are two really good ones. Just I can't kind of a Star Wars saga at some level, right? Well yeah, exactly. Said, yeah. exactly. I can't believe the one I'm going to pick for number one is going to be so shocking. Um, I want to pick the X Wing, but you know X Wing's been talked about a lot. It's iconic. It's the like the the premier rebel battleship. That's kind of that design's just so synonymous with Star Wars. My God, I'm going back to the prequels for this one, and I honestly like it. I think it's very fascinating. I think the pod racer as like like space NASCAR as a vehicle, not just Anakin's or Sebulba's or Mars Guo, any of those guys. I think it's it's a fascinating vehicle. It's like these things that go at like 500 miles an hour through canyons and whatever tracks they have. Like I think it's unique because they they like hover across the uh, the ground. It's 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 interesting. Any thoughts on that? I I think I've picked a prequel entry for every flight in this cask, and I'm <laughs> that's not, it, man. Your I'm not, smile card is revoked. I'm not fond of those movies. So, um, now no. I, now I know your secret. Exactly. <laughs> I think the ties in that sequence in the film, which I know you love, yeah. in a movie you don't like, mm-hmm. has ties to classic classic cinema to like back to Ben Hur. Sure. And even if you look at the way that the chariot races go Mm -hmm. on in Ben-Hur and the way the axles are destroyed and the wheels come off, there's even an element of that with those electrical axles that I guess through static electricity and the will of mankind are somehow harnessing the direction on which this thing's going to be balanced. Yeah, they're like the power conduit. It's the power couplings. <laughs> well, they kind of hover too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cinematically, you know, it it, it plays, man. And oh, I think yeah. the sound in that scene, it's just they sound great too. Like yeah, that's yeah, I can't believe I picked it, but really, it's it's a great addition to the universe, the saga. We like races. Everyone hmm. likes a race, yeah. whether it's the Olympics or whether it's a car race. Like we like races, yeah. and this is that. Yeah. So. Yes. To a bad film, a nice moment in a bad film with a cool, cool racer. I gotta ask you though. Yes. Who's do you like? So Bulbas or Anakin's or Mars? Which one do you want? I remember in the Nintendo sixty four game, I always used Mars Mars Guo's pod racer just because I found out his was statistically the fastest of the twelve that they let you play from. Oh, how'd you find that out? It's, they, they get they, they have like they have like little data spikings, and his speed was always the oh, highest. Okay. So if I could go faster, I could control it my way. Anakin's has a, this nice kind of blue-collar workmanship to it because he's built it himself. And right. if this guy's supposed to be, like, the almighty, like, chosen one, we kind of want to see that ingenuity in his creations of sorts. So, yeah, I kind of like the look of his, too. And it, his is simple, and it's a lot smaller compared to the other guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there we have it. So let's go villains. This one's going to be a lot easier. There's a ton to choose from. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Yes, This please. is such an obvious answer. I, I know what me. you're going to pick. It's Slave 1. <laughs> of course yes. it's Slave 1. No, no, refresh my mind. I don't know which. That's Boba Fett's ship. Oh, mm-hmm. Boba Fett's ship. Okay. Um, I think what's cool about that ship to me is essentially the shape is an almond, and it flies almond point down, whereas most ships mm-hmm. sort of fly with the point going forward. It almost flies. Which is aerodynamic, which shouldn't matter in space. Now right. that I think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's so yeah. it doesn't fly the way that they do. And it creates to me when I see the ship a feel that it looks like the carbonite encasing that Han is in. Sort of on its ass. Yeah. Sort of standing, flying against the way that it's not supposed to fly. Um, <clears throat> I think the color's cool. Everything mm-hmm. kind of is black or silver. Uh, maybe a touch of blue here and there. That's kind of a greenish um, well, matches his outfit. His outfit, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story that 
we've spoken about it or I've spoken about it before that never got told to me in Star Wars. And I guess maybe that's why I'm hoping the Mandalorian gets there. I want to know more about him. I also want to know more about the ship. Yeah. Um, I want to see a race between the Falcon and Slave One. I just think that's a cool <laughs> I just think it's cool. Looking. Yeah. And you kind of saw a little bit of what the Slave One's predecessor in Attack of the Clones because the father, Jango, yeah. he had a very similar ship. So you actually got to see that one in action a little bit, but not 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 the same deal. His, his is... I just imagine it coming out of that trash heap. <laughs> you weren't surprised when I said that? No. You knew, huh? I knew you. Of course. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys know each other way too well. Yeah. Okay, Mark, um, what do you got? Okay, so if you don't mind me saying a runner-up, mm-hmm. um, even from A New Hope, the very first film, I don't even know what to call them, but they're the, the, the one that Darth Vader flew and all the fighters flew. They're like a ball with the wings. They're the, the attack ships. His is like the it's like the executor like Tie Fighter. What, what, they're the attack ships from the yeah. from the the Empire, mm-hmm. um, and, and they just make that noise, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of that. I don't even know how to describe it's it. It's like a yelling. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a scream, mm-hmm. and, and that will always stand in my mind. But my favorite to date is I think they introduced him probably in Empire Strikes Back, and I, I don't remember. No, I think about it as I don't think it was in Return, but those 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 four-legged kind of dinosaur-looking Ad-at. things. Mm-hmm. Ad-at. Yeah, mm-hmm. the AT-AT or whatever it's called. Yeah. With the guns and, you know, those, I mean, because it's like an animal and it moves like an animal, it's almost like a precursor to Jurassic Park, right? Oh, you yeah. Know, dinosaurs and things like that. Very and elephant-like. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and just, formidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you take that thing down? How do you take that thing down? And, and they would, like, wrap its legs and yeah. try to trip Har- it and that kind and of stuff. Harpoons and cables. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... To me, that was just like when I saw that on the big screen. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. we are doomed!" You yeah. know, <laughs> we're never going to win this fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah, yes. that's that's really good. And, and they they, they kind of did gave them a kind of like a facelift in uh, in the Last Jedi. They they were they almost had like oh, this is gonna like 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 ape paws because they almost like curled down mm-hmm. in their kind of design, but they were it was the same similar structure. Interesting. In, in return, they had like little two legged ones, which were kind of cool. But those big ones that just, I mean, yeah, we're doomed. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. exactly through my mind. That's awesome. Uh, so, Mark, you and I are like on the same wavelength this week because that was actually going to be my, oh, no. my choice. <laughs> no, it, it's all good because I had. You can tell we didn't like work this out in advance. No, so. but I so had. You're going to go to your second choice, which is Java's Barge. Java's Barge. Oh, God, no. <laughs> No, my, my first my first choice is actually going to be, and it's actually, uh, it was seen at the end of Empire, and it's featured pretty heavily in this one. It's actually the the White Imperial uh, Star Cruiser, is oh, what I'm yeah, calling it. Yeah. I think that's a very cool designed ship, and this is uh, obviously for the upper ech- echelon of, of the imp- <laughs> Empire. Yeah. Only officers and Vader and the Empire, or the Emperor yeah. get to fly around in this thing. Mm-hmm. I just like how it like it folds in and out, yeah, and, and it, it folds and it kind of. It's like a what do they call those osprey things now? Oh yes, we have the, mm-hmm. the vertical yeah. takeoff and landing yeah. planes. Yeah, it's like something that. like that. I just always like that design. It's sleek. It it, yeah. it looks like a stormtrooper to an extent. Uh, so yeah, that's actually going to be my number one. But yeah, hard to not argue with the Tie Fighter. That's a that's a great one too. Primarily for the sound, I love it for the sound. Since you brought it up, can I ask you both a question? Go ahead. When you think about the Tie Fighter, there's the original version. I don't mean Tie Bomber or Vader's executive Tie Fighter. Oh, yeah. the traditional. Yeah, his was a little different, right? Had yeah, the yeah, yeah, it, it, octagonal it shape yeah, to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the first order version of the Tie Fighter with the pointed wings and the touch of red more than the original? Because I think I actually do like those a little bit more. Really, the first order ones to me are pretty, pretty, especially Kylo's. Mm-hmm. 
pretty badass. He's got a cool ship. Yeah. I almost picked his ship too, that that big folding kind of yeah. one, which is on display at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And I, I hate to be old school, but I am, I guess. I mean, because I saw, you know, A New Hope in, what was it, 1977? Mm-hmm. So it must have been, what, 12? Now I'm dating myself. But for me, that was just seeing that for the first time on the big screen was just transformational. And I always go back to that, that, that feeling of that moment mm-hmm. there's lots of successes in star wars the saga there's some failures too but mm-hmm. lots of successes i think we're going to talk about some of those today yeah. <laughs> and i think one of those successes for sure is the vehicles that they introduced just us the to. design yeah star wars mm-hmm. at its base is essentially a military conflict yeah right mm-hmm. and i think part of that that sells it is what are the weapons you're using in the military conflict and from blasters to lightsabers to the vehicles that they choose to fly in or travel in I think that's one of the crowning achievements of this franchise. Oh, yeah. This is obvious, Captain Obvious delaying this out here. But I want to give a nod of respect to yeah. the creation of what to me is the best part in A New Hope, which is the intergalactic space shooting mm-hmm. showdown. We love car chases in film from, mm-hmm. you know, the French Connection to Bullet, Bullet to, mm-hmm. right, we can go on and on and on. Blues Brothers. Vanishing Point. <laughs> Blues Point. Yeah. You get it in space. With their ships, and they do it in such an interesting way with the colors and the way the rays look that we talked about last week. And which one do you want to be in and which one's faster? The sounds. Yeah, and they just do such a good job. Mm-hmm. Even the worst of ships are still pretty damn cool yeah. in Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cheers to all that. Cheers to cheers. all that. No, I agree with you. Well, let's get right to it. Happy hour time and our review breakdown of Return of the Jedi. Yes, grow strong. Only together can we turn him to the dark side of the Force. As you wish. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. (laughs) Return of the Jedi opens up with the iconic opening scrawl and we're immediately thrust into uh, one of the Superstar Destroyers as we're seeing a new Death Star. Can we talk about the opening scrawl briefly? Sure, let's do it. Because a couple things, I don't know, maybe I just woke up all of a sudden, now I'm woke to Star Wars. There you go. A long, long time ago? Mm-hmm. Like, I get the galaxy far, far yeah, away Yeah, good point, yeah. But, but it just hit me, I'm like, wait a minute, this feels like so futuristic. Yeah. Mean, That's a, long, a good long time point, ago. Mark, you're right. Yeah. It, it just hit me last night, mm-hmm. I'm watching it again, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That Did you ever snap on that? I never snapped on that either. I guess I've thought about it, but... I never try to go too deep into that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. I try to just like think of this as, you know, something, some like not of this time, not of this time. You, you think distant? I know for me, yeah. maybe it's the engineer, sure, covering engineer in me. You, yeah, you think about the technology and the sci-fi aspects. I always think future, totally future. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 I had trouble with. Mm-hmm. The second thing was mm-hmm. in the credits they talk about the, the Empire is building a new, mm-hmm. you know weapon yeah destroyer of worlds yes. thing yeah and then you realize no, no no it's the old death star that's sort of like half blown up they're trying to repair it i'm like that thing's fully operational yeah, yeah wait a minute no like what i think I don't, is that is, it's is not it just me or no, is it's it? not the same one it's a new one and it's it's like half done it's like not finished yet oh they're okay. still like constructing what I thought it was the old one that was yeah no, yeah, it's it, it's a new one. So they, it didn't work the first time. So now we're going back for part two to see. My bad. Yeah, no, no, you're, <laughs> you're you're good, but that's going to be a problem later because they end essentially end up. The problem last time was this fault of this like 
engineering flaw. This engineering fault. They, they, they essentially do the same thing again. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, fool me once, shame on me. Yeah, fool me twice, and then and then it gets even more convoluted wait, because the twice, the emperor yeah. constantly yeah. says throughout this film, everything's going as foreseen, foreseeing your destruction. Yeah, you're right about that. Like. So let's talk. Like, so, so we're getting in here, and I already kind of noticed. Just Sorry, looking, if, I, if I derailed this, no, 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 it's but, good. But no, it, it, that's what jumped out at me. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I guess I misinterpreted. No, you're good. You're good. I think you did. What happens uh, in in this film compared to the other other ones is, you know, the first one we start off with the bang with the with the ships and Empire. We're launching uh, probe droids across, and we're kind of getting into it fast. And I already noticed like this is a different film because like. Starting slow, Vader's getting off his ship. He's walking around. He's talking to people. He's telling the Emperor's coming onto the ship. Like the pace is totally different compared to the last two films. I think after the landscape is laid from Empire, it's okay to recognize the superior position that the Empire has ascended to. Mm -hmm. The question then is, how long do we need to figure that out? Yeah, we get it. The Mm -hmm. rebels are in shambles. Luke's missing a hand. Hans, like we, we kind of get it, and it is a bit drawn out. Mm-hmm. Um, but would have been cool to see like some type of like rebel battle that doesn't have our primary players somewhere in the reaches of space against the Empire. Something, something. That's funny you mentioned that because I thought about that too. Mm-hmm. And what starts this film off? Action, right? Because yeah. that's been really good in this series so far. Mm-hmm. Start off with some action and watch some rebels trying to destroy a base or a generator. Just get their their butts handed to them yeah. by the Empire. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, man, it's it's close to curtains. Mm-hmm. The the conflict becomes so much more formidable <clears throat> in that way. Yes. Counterpoint? Go, yeah. you don't mind? Go no, ahead. Not at all. So the look in the commander's eyes when Vader comes and he's to miss this pleasantries, you yeah. know, yeah. so so honored to see you, that kind of thing. And, and he says, well, you know, you can tell him yourself or whatever when, when the Emperor gets here. And mm-hmm. the look in his face... To me, that builds. Sure, that that builds the tension. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's going down. <laughs> you know? Oh, you're right. The big the big guys coming to town. Mm-hmm. You know, coming to the ship, and, and we're behind schedule. Yeah, you know, we're what it bo- yeah. What it boils <laughs> down for me in this film is just the the amount of lag time. It seems that we spend just kind of walking around and sitting in places because we're going immediately to that and. Tatooine to Jabba's palace with R2-D2 and C-3PO to kind of... I timed it out. It's, it's, Who are walking where? Yeah. Like, you can see the palace you know, yeah. in the distance. It's like a 36-minute sequence this is here. Like It is. The geography of Tatooine is troubling for me, too. In this desolate place where Aunt Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's cottage is the only noticeable piece of landscape that you can see for miles... How are there so many things that occur on Tatooine when it's a vast desert of nothingness? And is it yeah, pretty is bad? It a, is it a bad choice? Because if you think about setting Jabba's palace on Tatooine, it's not about featuring Tatooine. It's about showing Jabba's palace. So mm-hmm. couldn't you have put that anywhere else? Because most of those scenes are interior scenes anyway. Um, I mean, I guess we could argue a Sarlacc needs to exist in the sand if you want to buy the Sarlacc thing. I, I find myself... Is there a thing in the hole? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I find myself questioning that decision because we've spoken about the world building. Mm-hmm. It's been last week a lot. Yeah. yeah. And we're going back to one that we've already established that mostly is just nothing. Mm-hmm. Tatooine is the most boring 
of all the places because it looks like sand and sunsets. Mm-hmm. It's, not, which, it's always going to be sand. Kind of feels like New Mexico, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <a little> bit. <laughs> now you yeah. We live on Tatooine. Yeah. So. <laughs> Driving here on the West Mesa, yeah, it does yeah. feel a little bit like Tatooine. Yep. <laughs> Replace Jabba's Hut for any of the local <laughs> gangs that are here, and we pretty much have the same thing. Um, it's a mistake. Was was Jabba on Tatooine in the first movie? Okay, so let's talk about that real quick. So in A New Hope, there was a film scene with Jabba the Hutt, and it was was a a portly man. And that scene was cut from the original 1977 release. Lucas took that back out for 1997 special edition and added this CGI hut over him because we had seen, we knew what he looked like in Return of the Jedi. So we had established that... And we had CGI, so we could. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> more on that in a little bit. But so we have established that he's here. But, yeah, I could kind of see... It doesn't need to be on Tatooine. I've always wondered that, like, even as a kid, I was like, man, we spend a lot of time on this Tatooine planet. They're always going there. Back to the prequels, each one of them does something on Tatooine, so... There's Jawas and Tusken Raiders yeah. and everything else that they need it to be. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't get enough of in this movie, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, right. So... Let's kind of let's kind of lay it out here. I, I want I want you guys to like both tell me like what do you what what's the plan here to get Han Solo out of Carbonate here? Go ahead, Mark. I'll let you yeah. have it first. Um, I mean, from the movie screen, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or just 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 how how it's it's shown on screen. Well, or well, how, you're you're basically you've crafted this plan to sneak into Jabba's palace, and Carrie Fisher goes to rescue her mm-hmm. love, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit of Jedi mind tricks going on and mm-hmm. sending the droids in first as a gift with a message and then Luke coming. Am I divulging too much? No, no, no that's okay. good. What about you, Matt? I think I know where you may be going with this. So I think you have two divergent plans working at the same time. Leia and Lando. And by the way, Lando in the worst disguise yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Lando. Boy, how did you pull that one off, Lando? Yeah. Old man withers. You know, I mean, History Incorporated couldn't even figure this one out. The only Not the Lando you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. The only reason I don't want to say diverging is because ideally, and this isn't shown to us, but they're all in on the same plan. We're going to rendezvous on Tatooine to save Han. So we're going to get. I think they all. I think they all know. Can okay, I, can I, let me finish one more, and then I ahead. promise I'll give it to Go you. Go ahead. You're right. Mm-hmm. I would say divergent insofar as I think when Luke offers the droids mm-hmm. to Jabba, mm-hmm. it's done actually with an air of respect to the Huttis. Yeah, an offer. I actually do think if Jabba says, okay, mm-hmm. Luke's probably just going to show up and get Han, and maybe R2-D2 and C-3PO are disposable. <laughs> what I don't, what when I say divergent, no, is, I know, yeah, yeah. then you have infiltrator, I think that... Oh, I forget what Leia's pretend bounty hunter's name is. I'll look it up here in just a minute. But Leia as bounty hunter. They're at the same time. That character has a name? <laughs> yeah. With Chewbacca is kind of working against what Luke has set up. Yeah. To me, they're, they're, they don't, the plan doesn't jive. The strategy doesn't jive. I see, I see four things happening here. And let me just kind of say, I think this is maybe the worst plan in all of cinematic history. Because sure. it's, it's kind of a nightmare when you break it down. Lando well, and it, it turns out to be the worst plan. Right? Yeah, Lando and Chewie went initially, no luck. The droids go in to kind of offer some type of thing to to get Han from the uh, incarbonate. No, he's my trophy. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. They fail. I like him just where he is. <clears throat> Leia goes in, gets him out of it at least, but then she's made slave woman. 
she fails. Luke goes in, ends up in the Rancor, and then they're, then then they're then they're taking him to to all of them to the Sarlacc. So he kind of fails. So was the grand plan really to end up at the Sarlacc pit to like have this thing? Like it, it's it's all messed up. Okay, all that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a terribly devised plan. Yeah, I I think Luke at this point showing up, donned in black. Mm-hmm. Should raise an eyebrow with the viewer just because of the importance of that color in this anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's either ascended to a position of superiority or extreme power. Or maybe Luke is close to becoming what we will sort of explore later in the film. Mm-hmm. Dark side. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's obviously in white initially. And this is, look, saying that the even Star Wars when song, he dons a Stormtrooper outfit and yeah. A New Hope, right? Yeah. Well very, said. Very Good point. Yeah. Saying that the Star Wars franchise is archetypally solid is an understatement. Mm-hmm. The sacrificial scapegoat. Like, you want to play out any of the quests in Joseph Campbell and this is to the letter. Mm-hmm. Let's add colors and archetypes and it is that. Which, it works. Mm-hmm. Him showing up in black, for me, is a bit puzzling. I guess Jedis wear black. I, I guess. And mostly they wear cloaks. Um, that's interesting. So Luke's a badass. Yeah. But if he's that much of a badass... He's definitely more confident, right? You know, that, that was kind of different. But this me. is the thing. Why doesn't he just show up and kick ass and go get his buddy? Because his lightsaber's hiding in R2-D2 right now. This is the plan, so to speak. Brutal. This is a bad plan. Agreed. Let's talk about another element in here. <laughs> Boba that pops out later, yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about Boba Fett here for a God. second because he's about to meet, like, the worst demise ever through just being a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Why is he still hanging out here in Jabba's Palace? I always thought the role of the bounty hunter was you deliver the product, you collect your money, you're the on— gig awaits. Your neck, get out of there. He's right. enjoying the entertainment, the music, the he dancing. Should, I imagine at least, a, like, a six-month time passage between Empire and this, and this film. I, don't, I, I couldn't understand. I was like, why is he still hanging around with all these people? Like, what, what's he doing? I don't know what anyone's doing in this opening 36 minutes. It's very, it's not up to par with the other films, but maybe to, that's... To me, it seemed like, you know, the bar scene in A New Hope was sort of iconic. Yeah. Right? It was new. We hadn't seen anything like that. And they kind of recreated it for the plot line in this scene. We trade that for Bib Fortuna, who's got like the snake, like neck. <laughs> oh, was that the, the guy's the fortune? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Salacious Crumb, the little little Stupid. elf one, stolen <laughs> from the set of the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Oh, this might be, yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's and and then we got to talk about yeah the so we got to talk about these changes as they come up. The big one here is this musical number, and they call it Jedi Rocks, and it's this CGI big lipped spouted frog woman thing. Stupid. It's bad. It, it's bad. Bad bad and what it comes down to is people people say like why is that in there i was like because there was literally at this point lucas at the height of his powers 1997 he's about to break ground on the prequels there's no one to tell him no right and that's i think that's a problem nobody on set had the stones to tell lucas this blue elephant thing that's the keyboardist max rebo (laughs) looks ridiculous (laughs) those gamorian guards yeah I think I mentioned this last week. Yeah. Hippopotamus, warthog-looking things. Look like people at a Mountain West halftime event, college basketball, in samurai suits trying to knock each other over to see who wins the cheeseburger (laughs) at the stands. It looks too Jim Henson-y. It's ridiculous looking. Especially because this this franchise has done such a good job of giving us cool-looking aliens. Back to what you said about Boba Fett. Okay. 
okay, yeah, why is he there? He should be off on a quest. And it saves them a character that presents opportunities going down the road. But instead, yeah. nope. He gets in a Jar Jar Binks drunken Jedi master stupid moment. His rocket pack knocked knocked <laughs> off or ignited it, by ignited by like a staff. And he flies into, but it still it works. Blind Han Solo. It still works. Yeah. He flies into the thousand year death of the Sarlacc pit to be slowly Digest. digested. Why can't he, uh, uh, Jesse? Yeah, this is just my own personal thing. No, I know it's. He didn't need to be in this film. Or if you're going to put him in there, at least give him a death that suits him. Because I'm telling you, by the time this movie was out in the theaters, mm -hmm. everyone loved Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. He was. Even though we didn't hear his name literally until his death. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, Boba Fett had ascended to yeah. fanboy hierarchy royalty. And he is done away with in the most absurd yeah. Yeah. and unjust fashions. Well, let's talk about that. Just all these changes and the just kind of this weird opening that we have. And then we'll move on to the, the Sarlacc pit here. Is this the director's fault? Because Richard Marquand, I can't even tell you another thing that this man directed. So what I can Sound tell like you... storyline to me. What I can <laughs> tell you is the people that passed on this film... So Spielberg, Lucas's best friend, he asked him first, Stephen, would you like to direct this? And he said no. Do but you then, know why? I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he saw through it. Yeah. And but That's then it, and then it passed along to two other people. I think is pretty fascinating: David Cronenberg and David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, this could have been a really interesting Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that. that Probably would have been a better film in the, in the end. I don't know. But I think he passed on this and went and did Dune, which isn't all that great either. So yeah. I just find that fascinating. And Richard Marquand's gone on it's record. Really Tatooine. Yeah, he's gone on record saying Lucas was there a lot of the time, like looking over my shoulder. And he said it, it is rather like trying to direct King Lear with Shakespeare looking over your back is how mm. he described it. So oh, wow. it didn't sound like as organic as something like Empire, where Kushner had such control over all the elements. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of cooks in the in in the kitchen here, and you know you got Kasdan back riding, and Lucas, but it just it doesn't seem. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's that alley-oop I talked about last week that's getting rimrocked a little bit. That these payoffs in the last film aren't really being followed up properly. They have to rescue Han, of course, mm -hmm. and that presents a very cool story to be told. I think they, the problem with this whole 36 minutes that you've mentioned is actually, for me, Jabba. If Jabba is from this clan of highly respected and semi-royal Huttis, etc., monsters, aliens, whatever the hell they are, mm -hmm. they present him as comedic and stupid and kind of laughably forgettable in this. He's got the little, you know... Um, chihuahua thingy on his lap <laughs> laughing he eats these little toads in the dish are, he's yeah. got this harem of aliens that i guess he disposes of or uses for whatever concubinal or food for the sarlacc that's Jabba the hut doesn't have any of the regalness or importance that you would think a man who has come to possess not only boba fett and han solo he doesn't have. He doesn't show any reason to have the reverence that he's given by everyone in this film. Think and to to back that up, when he's killed, we might argue 
that the second most unimportant death after Boba Fett's in this entire film is Jabba's. Mm-hmm. He's choked out by the chain that he has Leia on, assuming that she can find his throat underneath all of oh, the fat that's there. she's strong enough to do it. And that, he's, and that she's strong enough. Under, and that nobody under, would that, shoot her. That's a constant theme throughout this. Under movie. the quadruple, not, not good way, under right? his quadruple chins. It just, yeah. and like, like, where is his throat? Does he have a throat? <laughs> I mean, you know, she's just, you know, for, what ruined it for me was Spaceballs. Pizza the Hut. I know. You know, ever since then, Pizza the Hut. I cannot take that char- character seriously. Did you remember that? I do. Yeah, that's, okay. that's pretty good. Yeah, so I see that later. I'm like, oh, God. No. Don't you guys think, though, if that character is delivered properly and he's, I don't want to say terrifying, but has. Not even. The I- reverence that that someone in that position in the film has taken this entire 36 minutes could be better maybe but i'll tell you this much about job i've never liked this character okay and i've, I've just i've never liked this opening bit because I've, I've always kind of seen through its like perpetual phoniness it just seems like such filler and i know we have to get han back that's important we got to get the team back but man it take it just takes so long and then that's followed up and then we spend another 50 minutes trotting through the indoor forest like this film has i don't know what its idea of trying to like get through the plot is but it's kind of slow not to sour mash this too much because then we can get off on an hour-long conversation here yeah but if after boba has taken encapsulated and carbonite han solo we presume to jabba then one of the things that's been a success in this film is chases Mm -hmm. space or otherwise don't you want to see the Millennium Falcon chase down Slave One before it gets to Jabba? And then even if you destroy Boba Fett, mm-hmm. it's done in a really cool cinematic way where at least he goes down with the ship. He doesn't yeah. go into like some alien Venus flytrap thing. Right. Yeah. And then if you blow up the ship, mm-hmm. then that means the carbonite is just floating out there. Like there's more opportunities for infiltration and espionage. Instead we get Jesse kind of fanboy bullshit make it palatable for the family service. And I think that's what's going to really make this film tough to digest for me, not in a Sarlacc way. That's a thousand <laughs> years. But I'd like to see you digest Return of the Jedi. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like from Max Rebo to some other things that I know we're going to get to, yeah. it becomes cute mm-hmm. instead of edgy. And that's the difference. Well, I think well, you just said it. We go from Empire, which is super edgy and dark, to cute. That's tough. Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. And my sister has it. So we're at the Sarlacc. It's a CGI garbage fest, especially on Blu-ray now because of the beak and the tentacles. <laughs> it is. It looks bad. Is that a technical term in no, film like, theory? It looks like shit. Like... <laughs> It, it doesn't. It's not going to age That's well. That's my favorite. That's the best. Man, I got to tell you real quick, because I sent you that trailer for Nolan's new film Tenet. this week. Yeah. Looks awesome. High concept, James Bond in purgatory yeah. film, yeah. practical effects. Like, it, it, it What's just, it called? I don't know. Tenet. I'll send it to you right now. T-E-N-E-T. It just looks more authentic. Yeah. When you add all this additional uh, croutons on a shitty salad oh, wow. already, like it's it's not it's not making it palatable. At least for for me as the viewer, I can see through this really clearly. More on that coming up. Croutons in- on the shitty salad, you're on fire this <laughs> week. <There you> <laughs> <go>. That's <laughs> terrific. Excellent. 
But like, why are we in the mess that we are? I mean, yeah, the we Caesar ha- salad thing in my mind. Yeah, right yeah. I, just I, it I think okay, we, thanks. I think we have a, a, you know, a capable franchise that a property that everyone must have wanted in 1983. You know, Lawrence Kasdan, he wrote Raiders. Like, well, what's going on here? That, that, that to hear that um, blows me away. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Because um, because the story in Raiders is like, you know, didn't perfect. we all like rate it top shelf? Or, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, you guys raved about it last week, we right? Did, yeah. And storyline, and it, everywhere you turn, mm-hmm. I mean, people body say heat, body heat's also bo- body heat's also good. But everywhere you turn, Empire Strikes Back was the best sure. movie. I mean, I heard that on an unrelated podcast this morning. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it was a financial funny. podcast. Yeah. They're talking about Star Wars, and oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back is the best. And we'll talk about Return of the Jedi more. Yeah. But but uh, that that some something's going on here behind the scenes. It, it, that's the only thing I can attribute it to that. Disney's now into merchandising because we're two movies in. We've all got Star Wars figures. So now let's introduce some other things that might sell with kids. I want to add something. I don't something. mean to tip the plot, but no, I want to say something. You know what I'm saying to what like, I think. I think that's what happened here because other, otherwise. So that, you're saying this is Hollywood and gone, the monetizing piece of story at its worst. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let me that's say. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah you mentioned, mentioned merchandise. This is perfect. But yeah, Harrison Ford did not want to come back for this film. He had already really? started Indiana Jones, and he wanted to be killed off in this opening bit as like the sacrifice. Stay in Carbonite <laughs> or that. He wanted to make the sacrifice to like help save the rebellion in some right. heroic fashion. Which I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Let me tell you why it didn't happen. Uh, Lucas wouldn't allow that because he actually he didn't want the character to be killed off. He actually wanted Luke to walk off into the sunset like a hero in a western. Mm-hmm. And Lucas opted for this happier ending to encourage higher merchandising sales because you're not going to sell dead Hans toys if he's still alive. You're going to be able to bank it for years. So it is kind of coming down to money, which is this is unfortunate that we're ending this way. It'd be interesting. To, I mean, I, I don't know how like I don't know what do you call that that particular revenue stream of like merchandise around the movies, yeah. but I, I I bet it's spiking around this time. I bet if we went back and looked at that, oh yeah, it's everywhere. It has to be. Yeah. So last week when we were watching Empire, yeah. I showed you the Micro Machines Bespin set that I had. Yeah. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. I can also you still have it. I wish I I, I think yeah. it's in the attic somewhere. Oh okay, or it's gone. Um, oh, you showed them online or something. Yeah, it was a picture. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. It was sweet, um, and I That's loved cool. it. And we used to. My brother had Hoth, and it was a whole cool thing that we did. One of the other toys that I had, back to the merchandising, is I had mm-hmm. the Jabba action figure, and I got him as a Christmas gift. Okay, piece he, of the hot action. He figure. even sucked as an action figure. <laughs> he didn't move. He, he just was squishy. sort of this blobby kind of thing that was he squishy up. at all. Or was it no, hard? he was hard, oh. hard plastic. But most of the other ones had enough movable points to where you could kind of carry out an action battle with them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But the, even the Jabba the Hutt action figure blew, and it goes back to what you just said. Mm-hmm. How can we make more money? Exactly. And that's really, really tough. We're creating things that sell toys. So let's talk about the next big element that Return of the Jedi kind of introduces. It was set up in the last film, but it's Emperor Palpatine. We're seeing him in the flesh for the first time, and he's kind of the big bad. He's the Wizard of Oz behind the behind the counter, kind of pulling at the Empire's strings. What do we think of this character? I've always I've always been fond of him, primarily because there's no denying that this man's evil. He like oh, and he's like he pees ancient, evil, right? Yeah, he, like old and wrinkly and you know, just yeah. cloaked. Yeah, and even his cane. Mysterious. He's got like this like yeah, onyx cane. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've always liked him. What about you, man? What do you think of Palpatine? Looks great. Yeah. One of the better moments in this film. Mm-hmm. Almost cancerous and those gross and the wrinkles and lumps on his face. Each one of them sort of embodies in another evil deed that he's done. And he's submersed in it and he's subservient to it. And he wants everybody to come along. Yeah, he's a terrifying bad guy in a different... Feel the anger in your veins and the rage yeah. and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. If Vader's like a physical bad guy then Palpatine is like a soul bad guy. Ooh, good. And I think it creates a really cool one-two combo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's more terrifying. Like, Vader can force choke you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Emperor can probably force blink you the same way. <laughs> or snap you. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about... And, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk oh, about, the, sure, yeah. about the lightning. And I think, um, yeah, he's he's terrific. Yeah, he, like, gets off on being evil. He just loves it so much. Like, right. like, yeah, kinda, I, there's that sort of um, uh, really, like, scary... You know, disturbing laugh that he has. You know when, eh, you know, eh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, more when, witchy. When, you know when they're fighting later. And, Definitely. Yeah. So then let's kind of jump to the to the planet moon of Endor, which is kind of housing the 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 shield generator of the new that's Death the Star. Planet, yeah, right? that's yeah, the yeah. forest planet. To uh, this you know, is where things go south. <laughs> we haven't gone south already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To yes. Your point. Yeah. So so we're going. Yeah, going a little more south here with this forest planet, and I, I've always liked that little speeder bike chase, and you know, kind of the optical rear projection always reminds me of oh, dri- driving car scenes things, in classic. That, that was on my list. Yeah. I wanted to mention those. Those things, like you can never have driven one of these things before. You can jump on it. And go through that forest. Oh, that's got to be British Columbia or something like that. I think right? it's, it's the be shot California Redwoods. Is it really? Yeah. Is that where they shot it? Yeah. Um, you know they're, you know, going sideways, dodging through trees, and uh, yeah. it's crazy. I like the sound they make as they pass the yeah. trees. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a like a like a like a big horn or something. Yeah. I love what happens when they shoot the trees and the way the trees explode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That's really what. But it's a motorcycle chase, isn't it? Exactly. It, Again, the chase. In the car vein, this yeah. is the motorcycle versus It's motorcycle. something the franchise has been always really good at. Really good at. Yeah. yeah. But now we're greeted to, man, I'll let you just tell me, what else is inhabiting this little forest moon of Endor? Wookiees? You wish. I do. Because that's what <laughs> so, I wanted so, to get to. So more. I heard that on a podcast this morning. Mm-hmm. So look, here's the story on that, right? Originally, it should yeah. have been Wookiees. The reason they didn't what? is because they the, thought that the rookies would be the the rookies. The Wookiees <laughs> would be too violent for the masses of family, so they changed them to teddy bears. Look, here it is in a nutshell. If you have an evil dominating, terrifying entity like the Empire. They're choking people out left to right. Huge star destroyers mm-hmm. that can Another Death Star, like, the, what is this, the seventh incarnation? Whatever, right? They can destroy a planet with, like, fire Storm it up. troopers with armor. Are you can't, Heavily trained. You can't sell me that teddy bears in a Home Alone version of defense <laughs> are going to take down the this terrible evil. Like, I have an idea. Let's drop these logs on him and he'll trip. Yeah. How about this? What about a tripwire? Like... We'll Macaulay rocks. Culkin Ma- should show up. I got a hang glider and I'll drop rocks. You know what I mean? Are you like, guys ready or are you thirsty for more? Exactly. <laughs> you filthy animals. Like, it's just. Let me ask this real quick because I wasn't alive in 1983. Was there any kind of like public backlash against Empire for being too dark of a film that we had to lighten it up a bit? Because. This I, think is, I think it's merchandising. No. To Matt's point. Yeah. Look, to back this up. Mm hmm. The Ewoks got their own spin-off show from this movie. Oh yeah. 
They really did. Mm-hmm. People liked the Ewoks. Yeah. And as I was watching this again, mm-hmm. what I realized is where Empire and New Hope have grown up with me, this movie doesn't grow up with anyone. Yeah. If I put Return of the Jedi on now, mm-hmm. my daughter will like the Ewoks because teddy bears are cute. Mm-hmm. And they present them that, as cute. Yeah, They're cute. They dance. When Chief Chirpa or whoever it is dies, there's a moment of sadness. And like... They're playing on that very common construct in film, which is the animal and how it can be used in kind of a bastardized way to create sympathy in the viewer. An, Marley emo- and an me. emotional foil. Okay, well said. Thank you. Yeah. Is what I was looking for. Yeah. And the Ewoks but, present that. Like, so, are you, Mark, you're trying to tell me that a freaking spear yeah, is going to take like down blaster. an ATST? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So. So help help me with this because mm-hmm. you know Disney doesn't own Star Wars at this Not point. Yet. No. Not this yet. This is this is a long ways away from. So this is pure, 1983. Yeah, it's purely Lucasfilm. Lucas was still self funding this sequel and it was but distributed Disney, by. But somebody, I think it was Disney or who who was merchandising Lucas. Lucas owned all the rights to the toys and everything. Yeah. Oh jeez. It but, it feels cute, which is weird because that no, ha- it, that it, hasn't it, been an emotion that's come up in the prior in the prior it entries. The Wampa's not cute. The, the the Sarlacc's not even cute. Yeah. The big-lipped singer is cute. Jabba is kind of ugly cute. <laughs> no, he really is. But That green dancer woman was kind of cute. You know, well, <laughs> Leia, if we're talking about cute, Leia's really cute, too. Oh, but that's yeah, the Carol, oh, yeah, we skipped right over that. Look at this tangent we're on now. I mean, Gosh. Carrie Fisher, what my a, God. God. All right, to that, you said we, it. God we, bless we, her. We, yeah. <laughs> you know, as a, as a young... I must have been... Nubile, yeah, amorous, seventeen-ish, uh, when this movie came out because I, my birthday's in September when I turned eighteen that year. So, um, I mean, my God, those scenes with Carrie Fisher. I mean, <laughs> I, I watched it again. I'm like, wow, I forgot how attractive that she young does lady look good was. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a good-looking woman. Totally. This is a perfect segue too because the big revelation of this film, and we hinted at it a little next week, is the other Skywalker. That Yoda alluded to, or uh, another hope. He didn't even say Skywalker. This could have been anybody. Could have been Chewie for all we knew. What do you think of this twist? Because I have some definite thoughts about it. The plot twist about. Or, so Leia this is being Leia being the okay, sister. Yeah. I think what it does for me is it's actually a bit positive because it creates another out if they want to use it going down the road on how Leia becomes Jedi. And as we get to later, we're going to eventually come to find that Leia will eventually ascend the mantle of Jedi-ness. Mm-hmm. Now, how she gets there in the delivery and execution is a story for next week when we do the movie that was released yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta go watch it. You do. I know you guys have seen it, but I you gotta do. go see it. Um, I, I, don't think it's a, I don't think that's a huge mistake. If Luke, if the Force is strong in his family, and Luke has it, and Leia's his sister... If you're gonna go there, you gotta go. I don't there. have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. You're looking at me like you maybe do though. You have a problem with well, that. It, just it, 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 it was it, a little bit of a like in the earlier movies, earlier movies, the other two movies. Um, you know, there was a little bit of attraction on on screen between the two, and yeah. you're kind of like wondering about that. This makes me wonder. And even Han's wondering about that, right? Yeah. You know, that comes up in this movie, and then you realize, oh, it's a brother sister thing. They just don't know. Well, yeah. it makes me wonder if this was the original plan all uh-huh. along, or if Empire's twist was just so amazing, just in the stratosphere of yeah. greatness, that we, yeah. we had to follow that up with another twist. So what this ends up doing, 
and this becomes a problem for me in all Star Wars films, is the, the universe just starts shrinking right. a bit. And we're talking about planets galore, like ships with billions of people scattered, and somehow all three of these people have kind of... We could talk about fate and destiny and, and whatever. There's a place for that, but... It, to me, it's very, very, very convenient. Amen, brother. Yeah. And last night, they shrunk the universe even more, didn't they? <laughs> did they Wait, not? Don't spoil it. No, I'm not. I know. We'll, I haven't watched it, it yet. So. But they did last night, too. Yeah, and that's frustrating for me. So Again, oh, can I just say real quick? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, The Last Jedi gets a lot of lashings on the internet. And that, that's why I love that film, because it didn't go that way. Right. It subverted expectations of what you think's going to happen. Right. We talked about in the last couple of weeks about Leia being, you know, a pretty strong character, being able to essentially she's leading and calling the shots for this rebel army. And we still see a little bit of that, but not as much. And then after this revelation, I'm, I'm troubled. I don't know if Leia would take, you know, finding out that Darth Vader is her now father. She takes it like such in stride. Barely and a blip on the screen. So that really doesn't pay off for me ever, right. ever. No argument. And Mark. then to kind of see the. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And to kind of see, you know, the force play out with That's Leia. That's a big deal, right? That yeah. Huge got kind of passed over. Other than force cognition, being able to communicate with one another, we don't really see that powers with her until Last Jedi again, with her being able to force wheel herself back into the ship. Like, it seems like another wasted opportunity. So it just kind of seems like, oh, yeah, she is kind of a Jedi. And, and the, the new film plays with that a little bit. We won't talk about it this week, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's always just kind of seemed like another, oh, I guess. I guess we're related now. It's, it's a real small family we got going on here. I think one of the tricks <laughs> with this entire saga from beginning to even last night now to the end is is the purpose of the Force for that actually purpose. Like to give you the reason to act the way you do or is the necessity of the Force to create supernatural abilities and those who wield it. And this franchise is never going to come to some consistent through line on what that is. If the force, as launched from what this was with Kurosawa, is essentially honor and why you do the right thing and the necessity of the thread of humanness that goes through all of civilization as it's incorporated in our heroes, then you have soul. If you take the force as wielded by the dark side as power to choke you, to fly from spaceship to spaceship, to have conversations with your antithesis rival across miles of galaxy, you're creating superheroes. Do you use it to pull an X-Wing out of the swamp or do you use it to give you purpose from becoming frustrated and becoming evil? And that's quite a big question and it plays well. What doesn't play well is Leia realizing the man that is half of my DNA has used it for action and I'm going to use it as neither. I'm not going to use it for purpose to drive me in a positive direction. I'm not going to use it as an action to take on in a fisticuffs kind of way the Empire. I'm just going to ignore it. And that is such a huge miss. But Jesse, can I ask you a really important question? Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to talk about Ewoks for one second. And the fact that they <laughs> blink on the Blu-ray, which is, again, it's weird. What? Why? How old were you when you saw Return of the Jedi? Do you remember? I saw them all three back to back. Again, I rented them from the first uh, right. uh, store. Eight? Seven or eight? How did the Ewoks play for you? And it's going back a ways. Mm -hmm. But when you, on your initial viewing, how did the Ewoks play for you the first time you saw them? I guess it was 
I tolerated it. Okay. But cutes never worked with me in film ever. Like not even at eight a little bit. Not even like I, I like I never wanted to see like the animated like Mulan or like any of those films coming out. I wanted to see like the shadow with Alec Horror. Baldwin or like <laughs> yeah. I, like my my film viewing is very different. So it, indeed, yeah, it never that never played with me. No, you're an old soul in film, even at a young age. Sure, no question sure, about sure, it. sure. Like sure. you don't walk into like the first ever our, like first movie I ever saw was Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like no one does that yeah, except yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But um, which to that, <laughs> yeah. to that, thank God. Yeah, you know what I mean. Usually yeah. people start with like you know I have an appreci- or something. I have an appreciation for all of that that Disney stuff, but no, I I I'm with you, Mark. How yeah. old were you with 83? How old were you? Uh, 17, I think. How did Ewoks play upon initial viewing the first time for you? Do you remember? Um, look, the cuteness factor is there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's something to be said for that. But it kind of ruined the next three movies for me, I'll be honest. <laughs> so I think we're in a consensus here. Like, yeah. I was 10, and what Lucas set out to do was make that character family-friendly. Now, whether we want to have the discussion about is is the right choice, I think we're all in agreement probably there, which is like, we wish he hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. But none of the three of us who are all Ewok haters in this current state (laughs) said that that was a swing and a miss at the beginning. Mm -hmm. As much as it kind of derailed the franchise and is implausible that teddy bears bring down the empire in a fucking reactor on some throwaway moon that no one cares about with three guards and an atst to shoot open the doors Mm -hmm. is what brings down the empire well let let me just i just i don't know if it's the ewoks necessarily that derailed this entire film for me it's it's really the 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 trudging through this garbage that we're doing because we're here for another 40 minutes and we talked about Empire with like the foot on the gas, this chase through the asteroid field, and the Empire is hot on the Millennium Falcon, and Yoda or Luke's training. Here we have time enough to sit for story time with C three PO, and I'm like, where's the thread? The thread's big; it's right above you, but we have time for this, and that was non-existent in the both prior entries. Yeah. So, the pacing is just it's it's. What do you, what do you feel? Do you feel like we're just kind of just sitting around talking about issues? Isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to say something? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna go here for a minute. I don't no, wanna... no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just there are definitely slow moments in this movie. It is the thing versus ET compared to Empire versus Return of the Jedi. If you have time for story time with C3PO as he's elevated and they think he's a god, that is everything that the Empire Strikes Back isn't. The Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back is we just managed to barely get out of this crisis. And oh my god, this one's even worse. Mm-hmm. Nice and we one. just barely got out of this one, and now this one's worth and the hyperdrive isn't working. Yeah. And, right? Like that is as we talked about last week. It's stressful. The walls are closing in <laughs> mm-hmm. and the embodiment. It's like a garbage scene in the first movie where yeah, the it's walls great. are closing in. You, know? really well done. you just actually took the words out of my mouth. Oh, it's the embodiment <laughs> of the trash compactor in yeah. every scene in that movie closing down, whereas this, we've opened it up. And yeah, there's a threat out there. Look at that Star Destroyer above us. Hey, C-3PO, spin us a yarn, buddy. Like, And you know what all those threats boil down to is what it was influenced by was these Flash Gordon Saturday morning serials, these cliffhanger like, oh my God, are they going to make it out of there? Tune back in next week here. Like, oh yeah, they'll get out of it. Like they're going to have some some tea and With some... Of teddy bears and spears. Exactly. But yeah, what, also what it, what, it, what it boils down to is 
it's just it it takes it takes too long and it's just it's very noticeable for me especially on this viewing so i think this movie's two hours and 11 minutes yeah not very long so well but but though back then that was a long film that was a long film this felt long though I, 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 to me, that watching that's, it again that's felt sa- long. That's saying something about a movie because yeah. if a movie's paced well and you're enjoying you yourself, don't you don't it. feel the length of the film. For everybody out there, you should know that two hours on film is only 120 pages of script. And on a script page, there's a lot of white. That is not used with words. There's a lot of white on a script page. Mm-hmm. 120 pages <clears throat> in a two-hour film... It's kind of not a lot of story. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about first drafts that we write, we bust out 240 easy or yeah. 140 to 160 easy, yeah. right? And we're like, crap, how can we cut this? That's not a lot of story. Yeah. So for 211 to feel long, because that's really not that long when you think about epic movies that come out today, it's kind of a reasonable time. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's not a ringing endorsement. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying then, and it's filled with a bunch of nonsense story time with C3PO, then you're just spinning me into space that has no relevance to story. Sure. And that is maddening. So let's get to the final act of the film with what I think works best in this entire film, which is this final space assault of the Death Star okay. with actually Lando Calrissian, Ninum, and Admiral Akbar leading the charge. I think this is very well done. This yeah. might be the most, you know, efficiently and technically the prowess the best done of what we've seen so far. It's pretty remarkable. And by the time they get into the Death Star and they're going through these these caverns, like here, it's not a trench run this time, man. They're going into the inner workings of the of the Death but even Star. Even before that, you realize that oops, the best laid plans are, yeah. are often yeah. you know so this, this often fail. This right? is yeah. working pretty well for me. And then Luke's uh, served up on a platter to the the Emperor, and that's also working well for me. But to me, what the Empire has always boiled down to, this is Vader's dialogue. This is the Emperor. Maybe, oh God, this is, maybe this is the reason why I like Kylo Ren as a character. Maybe we'll talk about this next week. Whatever comes out of their mouths is like, they've said 10 things throughout all three of these films. They've said it 50 different ways or, or 10 time, for 10 different, the same things. You've, your lack of vision. How many times have we heard that spun? Yeah. Like so many times Vader's saying you are no match for the power of they just find a way to say the same dialogue am am i going crazy or no yeah you're right it works yeah the emperor once he has luke there in front of the throne and he's trying to seduce him to the dark side Mm -hmm. if you go back and watch that bit to piggyback on what you're just saying yeah he essentially says the same thing for him to him 20 for 20 minutes Mm mm-hmm you're going to come to the dark side. And when you do, your you're friend, fucked. Your friends are going to die. But how you many, can't help it because you're fucked. How many times does he say friends? Yeah, like Your friends, are, going your to friends die. are dying. Oh, you don't believe me? Look out the window. Yeah. Your friends will die. <laughs> come to the dark side. It's better over here. Mm-hmm. Look, we're winning. Yeah. It's 49 to 10. There's two minutes to go in the fourth quarter and we're in victory formation. What are you doing? I agree. It sounds, it's, Which is enticing. Right? It, As a of character. course. It yeah. sounds poetic. Yeah. It's, it's At that point, the first time I saw the movie, you, you know... For me, it was completely possible that he might go over to the dark side. His dad did, right? You mm-hmm. know, and he gets his dad back too. Yeah, yeah. like add that to it. Mm-hmm. Just go, Luke. Yeah. yeah. And then, what do you think of the Emperor's, you know, grand reveal? He, oh my God, 
He doesn't even need a lightsaber. He's just got well, that's like evil the coming first out of time him. I saw those at at things or ATAT things. Yeah, it's yeah. like wait a minute, like lightning comes out of his fingers. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, it's like oh my god, we're doomed. We cannot fight this. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it's fully unveil- unveiling another power of the Sith, which is this Force lightning, which is you know, it's the tell of you know yeah. of the dark side. But at this moment, it's like Luke doesn't stand a chance. No, there's this old guy who's like what you said with the onyx cane. That's like, yeah. you know, he's got a barely be- able to walk into the room. That all of a sudden yeah. has this like dark power within him. Yeah, that's scary, sure, right? Sure. Force versus action versus force versus force. Force is action versus force is purpose. Light side, dark side, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it right now because Luke, if he can just steadfastly attach some fleeting hope to the friends that are being decimated out the window versus come over to the dark side we're badass let me prove it to you i'm going to shock you to death yeah um we're we're seeing it play out is it violence or is it purpose action or purpose i think that is so well done mm-hmm. in this this moment yeah no it definitely but what about the okay backing up a little bit if you sure. don't mind me going no, back a little bit okay there, there's some good lightsaber scenes mm-hmm. and Look, for me, uh, you know, seeing A New Hope uh, as, a, as a young teenager, you know, the lightsaber mm-hmm. was game-changing. I mean, that oh, was yeah. like, oh, my. It's amazing. What, there's, a, there's a thing called a lightsaber? Mm-hmm. We all had, like, toy lightsabers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all throughout my, like, growing up ever since that movie. And there, I thought there were some good scenes with the lightsaber. The sounds that when they would touch together and they, they make that sort of electrifying noise. Yeah. And, 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 and relative good fight scenes and then getting separated and come over the dark side. No, I won't. And then, you know, his rage coming back in, the emperor laughing and all that kind of stuff. And then he cuts off Darth Vader's hand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, tit for tat, you know, or eye for an eye kind of thing. And there's the nice realization between dad. him and dad when he sees it's just like parts. Yeah. And then he yeah. looks at his and, and his, his, his which got injured earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, that's. All, I think that's all set up, and and it's all. It comes on the screen, and it comes across. You know, pretty pretty well done. Now this kind of leads to the title of the film. The title of the film is Return of the Jedi, not the original title. Original title was Revenge of the Jedi. Ooh. And there's actually trailers with that title and posters. Which man, that's if that's the holy grail of posters. <laughs> oh my god. Are those yeah. on eBay right now for thousands, buck or? thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. do you think that's an appropriate change? Revenge to return. Yeah. Oh boy, that's a question. Yeah, I might say that no. there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So, in the sequence that you were talking about, where he cuts off Vader's hand, if you remember what precedes that. It's three very heavy blows with the lightsaber, like he's wielding a sledgehammer, clubbing down on Dad as he's mm-hmm. kind of hanging on. Like we have already seen who has won that lightsaber duel, mm-hmm. and you kind of start thinking, man, maybe Palpatine's right, and maybe the black that Luke has been in the whole film, maybe Palpatine's right. Maybe yeah. Luke is seducible mm-hmm. because I think anybody's seducible except Yoda. Um, I mean, he knows it's his dad, and he's. Basically unloading on him. Mm-hmm. And Vader is hanging on by a thread. And at this moment, you find yourself sort of saying, man, do I want him to kill Darth Vader? Because he's been such a bad guy. But it is his dad. And I think if you can create the suspension of disbelief in the viewer, then you're playing out the light and dark in the people that are watching the movie. 
because I find myself in this viewing too, like, man, look, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Yeah. Like you've got... You're better than that. And then You're a Jedi now. But then there's also probably better than what? Better than that? A guy who's murdered millions of people? Do it. Like... Yeah, this empire has brought them to the brink. I mean, like, Batman could have killed the Joker 50 times. And if he would just finish him off, he wouldn't have the issue anymore. Yeah. This is that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting juxtaposition to be put in. And I don't know where I sit on it. But I'll say this. Mm -hmm. We've spent a lot of time talking about what isn't working. Yeah. This is. This is good. This is working. Yeah. Right. What what was... Okay. Stop me from going here if you think it's unreasonable. But so... Why did Vader die? I mean, okay, his hand got cut off. Luke survived that, right? Right. And then, you know, there's a whole scene with the light rays or the lightning, and then Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down the whatever that tube is that we've come to know and love. And then all of a sudden he can't breathe. And he's dead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's dying. And it's like, dude, it's a mechanical hand that just got cut off. You're already, like, half dead. Why? And what there's not current flowing through your body with all that technology. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, it, it was it was a poignant scene in oh, terms of good. father and son yeah. making amends before his death. But why did he die? For the that's what I was left wondering. To sell to- watched it last to night. To sell again. toys, Mark. To, to sell, sell toys. toys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You could make the the cowless Darth Vader action figure burning on a funeral pyre. Yeah. So yeah, all that place. It pretty- is questionable. That of all the things, that's what. Yeah, like, secondarily, this is the guy that like ruled the galaxy for the most part, other than the emperor, right? Yeah, and well, and the other question is when he, he picks up the emperor, and the emperor is just standing there with his palms skyward, electri- yeah. electrifying himself. Why wouldn't he just shut it down? Just stop. Well, <laughs> it's, just like, stop. it's like the emperor didn't fight uh, back. It's like that was too easy. No, because uh, yeah. the movie needs to end. It's already going on too long. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that, that's, I think that, I think that's, that's the consensus. Yeah. Well, he's dead. And, or, he's dead. We're not making any more of these movies. Yeah. Movies. And we, we need to just end this series right now here and yeah. there. It's redemption. Look, Luke was right. There yeah. was some good left in dad. He's managed to resurrect well, and, it. And I, and I like that plot line. Yeah, I me do. too. I do. I do too. I do. That was good. It plays, and so, it plays well. And then we get this poignant moment where son and dad, kind of for the first time that they've seen each other without the metal or yeah. gear between them, have a moment and then Vader dies. Because truthfully, at this point, there's no getting Vader back to like the good graces of humanity. Like he's, it's it. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, what kind of life is he gonna have? Right. So we saved him, and I know he's <laughs> murdered millions of people and force choked out all these, and like destroyed your planet and fuck all the people on Alderaan. But like, he's actually kind of a good guy. You just don't know him. Like, that's not gonna play. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Yeah. <It's> a- <laughs> And he can't. Man, you're on fire today, yeah, dude. He, he can't it's take a weird he can't, can't take the suit off either because it keeps him alive. Right. So, so there's yeah. nowhere to go, and it's an appropriate end. It just is a as much as we liked some of that. It is a bit questionable how that's executed. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So Vader's dead. We blow up the Death Star, and I think that's it's another exciting sequence of them. Are they going to get out of Lando and all them? Like that's done very well. Yeah. They've yeah. blown yeah, up the base on the forest moon after some teddy bear home alone antics. And we've kind of saved the day. And, you know, we're going to kind of wrap up our original trilogy uh, with now it's a montage of like, again, you see, this is why. Uh, How is there a fireworks show across the galaxy? Well, here's and here's the thing. Did that cross your mind? Wait a minute. (laughs) And that's a new mark. That's a new change. 
Oh, is it? That's from the, the remastered from, from the remastered oh. prequel. So it's something you never felt in these films. You never felt I remember that from the, the reach of the Empire outside of the planets they were on. You never saw the effect that it had. So them celebrating are like, I guess they were affected by it too. And Have te- a party. The teddy bear yeah. dancing. I mean, are you kidding me? Okay, it was cute, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's a troubling fix. And then we get to, this is the most egregious change in the entire pantheon of changes they've made yoda and obi-wan force ghost back to existence to kind of give luke a little nod like you've done it you're a jedi carry on our legacy amen to you and out comes anakin anakin yeah originally it was the actor that was in the mask that we saw four minutes ago really yes that was the same actor yeah Mm -hmm. okay didn't look the same yeah now because now it's young hayden christensen from the prequels so why does he revert back to young it's his pre-seductive self his does it soul. matter? Does that His matter? Better soul. But does that? But why? Luke would be like, "Who the fuck's that guy?" Yeah. Like he doesn't know who that is. Odd, odd choices, I, and no one to tell him no. Odd is way and, too kind. Understanding. <laughs> yeah, I, you don't mean odd. What do you? You don't. You're right. Odd's not the it, bullshit. You're right. I had never thought about that. How does Luke know? What that young this, Anakin looks like. I've never thought that about this that. young, good-looking man is. He'd be like, like, "Man, I guess Ben's got a boyfriend, and go get him." That's what it looks like. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like he's taking on some With Yoda in between, <laughs> and that's crazy. You're right. I had never thought about that. It's it's the changes. It's it's stupid. It's the the, the moral of Star Wars, and I I kept that, thinking like, oh, well, I know that's Anakin, but like, who is that guy? <laughs> the moral of this series would be let sleeping dogs lie like it's done it's in the can people have seen it don't touch it anymore like so unnecessary why would you remaster it and re-release it money isn't that the curse of this entire film this is the curse of this franchise that's why it's cute that's why it's teddy bears and wood. that's why yes, we that's have right. that's why we have solo stand- standalone films that's why we have all these spin-offs and novels and it's a total empire in itself, and I don't envy the man for doing it. He made but more money. Is it mo- good or an evil empire? Well, for for everybody <laughs> out there, the budget on this film was thirty two point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. This one, uh huh. Opening weekend, it that made, sounds like low, doesn't it? it for sure. Now, nineteen eighty three, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. adjusted for inflation, that's different. But um, domestic weekend opening, it only made twenty three. Now, gross, it's three oh nine now. Okay, so it's profit. I think that's like 800 today. That's pretty big. A huge hit. Oh, yeah. But if you don't even recoup the expenses on the weekend, the merchandising piece becomes essential, especially in Lucas, who has ascended a place now that is full of hubris and never one's ever told him no. You're you're time traveling now. You know, you don't know that. You don't know it's not going to gross the the cost of the film on the first weekend, right? Uh, well, so no, no. Maybe, what I, are you saying that they knew that in advance that it probably yeah, wouldn't? Yeah. So we're going to throw in some teddy bears to There's, sell some more. Yes, crap? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, it's all that's yes. the business of Hollywood yeah. in a nutshell, really. Did you have Star Wars toys? Oh yeah. I mean, like not Ewoks. I know me either. Yeah. <laughs> but like we fell victim. Yeah, to we would like, build these things. And like you said, we played with lightsabers. Can I ask you guys a really, I think, interesting question? 1983, you go see Return of the Jedi. You see the ghost standing there. We see one final family photo, cut to black, credits. Do you think there's any Star Wars ever again after that? Doesn't no. need to be. Yeah. No. There doesn't need to be a Jar Jar Banks. I'm yeah. just, to, I'm just saying. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to wreck any future yeah. podcasts. No, no, no. Yeah. No, that at that time also there wasn't a whole lot of more than three versions of any film. Like even Rocky was kind of 
when it got into four and five, like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> um, it had finished. It had run its course. There wasn't really much of a story <clears throat> left to be told now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could get side character, and but most of the, we'd sort of solved the force issues. We've delineated the good and the bad, light and the dark. It was over. Yeah. Like, we have the closing moment that you said, the family sequences, force ghosts. Mm-hmm. Hey, every pieces are in place. Han and Leia are going to be together. Luke is the Lancelot esque of this, you know, intergalactic round table. Yeah. The story was told. It was done. It was just done. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I was pretty satisfied yeah. at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back on it, that's a different deal. But 10 year old me was, oh. was overjoyed at this film, thrilled with this film. It wasn't for me at the time. I remember in 1983, it, w- it wasn't a horrible film. No, I look back at it now. I'm like, oh, geez, you know. But um, you know, it was a satisfying conclusion. It was. It was okay. It mm-hmm. wasn't as good as the first two, but sure. yeah, yeah, it was a good kind of. All right, we're we're done. It did the job. Yeah, it's which is over. interesting because then you follow Lucas's career through the rest of this decade, and he follows. Temple of Doom, which, you know, I like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. But then, like, his big thing he was going to do was they found out he was going to do a Marvel property. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Lucas and Marvel? Match made in heaven. And the property's Howard the Duck. And it's that's, like, one of the worst movies ever made. Ever. So he, he just kind of said it. And then he came back to the, the property. And I know what those 97 special editions are because those actually came out in the theater. That was, like, primer to, like, do people still care about Star Wars before I do this prequel trilogy yep. i think the answer was yes yes because those yeah. made money too yeah yeah well you know and look at the amount that he sold the star wars to disney saga to disney with four billion dollars big time I mean, didn't he keep the sound system though he kept a piece of thx or something didn't he because that's his and uh, uh, industrial light and magic is industrial light and that's magic, his too. yeah skywalker ranch that they have that in california mm-hmm. yeah that's his that's his own thing so Gentlemen, I think time now more than ever. Let's rate Return of the Jedi. We have Rock Gut, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf. Matt, I'll let you go first. Okay, before I rate this, let's establish something for all three of us and how we rate this. Do we, We've talked about this before, and I find myself in this position right now. Mm-hmm. Are we rating this in the context of film as a whole, or are we rating this against its predecessors? And let's be honest about how we want to do this, because yeah. I'm fine either way. No, I won't rate it against its predecessors, because I know those films are brilliant. So this is, we are rating this in the pantheon of film as a whole. Yeah. What is the rating? Yeah. Return of the Jedi on its own. Okay, so it's just call then. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. just call. Like, which, which which is not bad. It's it's a movie. But, but you'll, you'll, you'll have a call drink at a bar. Yeah. It'd be easy you know, to say time, right? in the context of what this was and the payoff. And not, that's not what this is. Like as a movie... There are some moments, and like we banged on it pretty hard, and we probably didn't do enough justice for the Palpatine, Vader, Luke seduction bit. Like we kind of went over that pretty quickly, but we did discuss it. It's call. It's for me. It's not rock gut. It's definitely not well. It's call. It's just a movie. The biggest problem of this film is the merchandising and the financial element, and it just didn't grow up with me like the other two did. New Hope mm-hmm. and Empire grow up with me and they're still entirely fine films now at this point and this mo this probably won't change much if i was to rate one through nine this probably would still be three or four it's the third best film in the franchise saga so far 
I would argue it's the third or fourth best film in the entire franchise so far. Mm. For me, it's just, it's call, call. It's a summer palatable, finish the story off, enough good, entertaining. Ewoks suck. They didn't when it came out. They do now because I'm 45 years old and jaded. It's just call. It's a call film for me. It. I agree with you. I, I was going to say call as well. Um, yeah, it's not rock art. No, no, no. It's 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 a good film. It it it, it contrast against its predecessors. It's not as good. We, yeah. We've we've talked that through. You know, the Jabba the Hutt scenes were too long. The whole forest stuff. Wookiees mm-hmm. would have been better mm-hmm. than Ewoks. You know, and, and you can pick apart it, but it's still Star Wars. Yeah. You know, at the time. That was revolutionary. We forget sometimes because we've had so much other content thrown at us since that is derivative. And the and, and the well said. And the way. And, 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 and for me, so it still warms my heart, mm-hmm. even though I'll like scream at the screen watching it mm-hmm. because of the all the reasons we said. And if yeah. I sit down and watch this with my daughter and she's happy, then I'm back in this space where. Okay, you know what? You still yeah, have an cool element of magic to it. Yeah. You know, beat stormtroopers. It's the choice it's he for made. A child. That's kind sure, of cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's the choice he made was Ewoks. I disagree with it infinitely now. That's not a deal breaker. I can't say that it's a deal breaker. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, exactly. It's Justin. not. That's a good way to put it. I'm kind of in the same boat with you, man. I'm even kind of willing to go maybe a little well plus call minus on yeah. this one. Right. I, I've always known, like, even in my young childlike state, I always knew this one was inferior to the other ones. And I, I should have asked Blake this last week and I didn't. We used to have arguments on the playground all the time. Mm. Empire versus Jedi. And I was always pro-Empire. Because I, I, I knew that film was good like way back then. And he came around to it later. He told me, he's like, he's like Jesse, he's like, you're right. Empire is the better movie. And I see it now. And it's it's all the changes have really jaded me. And, you know, if I just look at it and it's just in, in its unaltered state, it's still like it doesn't do some of the things that the other films have done well. And I think you're 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 pretty generous with your rating, man. I might even call this the fifth or sixth best film in the entire series. I think some of the newer films do Star Wars a bit better justice than than this film does, or or a but little more satisfying. I don't mean to. No, yeah, argue go ahead. Go ahead. For go me, ahead. they're not as creative. No, definitely, right? it's a derivative. No, that's definitely. And an it's argument like, well, that's to be not had. fair, yeah. right? You know, Lucas came up with this. Yeah. You know, in the first three. Movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. And, no, the, 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 I think there's there's a reason for that lack of creativity because they're trying to. To me, the new films, in a way, yeah, money, they're trying to do two very hard things, I think, in Hollywood, which is trying to appease the most hardcore fanboys, I think, on the planet. Yeah. The Star Wars... You guys. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm not even that hardcore. Like, Star Wars is some people that are out there. Like, this is life to them. from last week. Yeah. 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 It's it's a very... That's very fair. It's the hardest... It has to be the hardest group to please. Definitely. No, no, definitely. Definitely. so you're trying to do that. You're trying to make money. You're trying to continue the series while expanding it and, you know, appeasing to the nostalgia. That's a hard job. And I like I don't envy any of the directors and writers of the last three films because that's impossible. Really, it's a lose lose. Yeah. I don't know how you win that. Maybe that's why Spielberg said no. Yeah. Could be. You know, it's like. Could be. I, I can't win this battle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah, right? that's yeah. that's that's the problem with coming in late on a series. Was man, they're I don't know if they're gonna like it either way. Yeah. So, to me, Return of the Jedi has always been that. There are things I like about it. That final, the last act is I think is still pretty solid. But the acts one and two, man, they're they're kind of a slog to get through. 
I was watching the movie actually on Disney Plus. I own the movie, but I was too lazy to go put it in the machine. So I was watching it on there, and no joke, it took me two nights to get through it. And that's that's just that's me. I just wasn't as into it as I am the other ones. And I, something. I've always been like that with this film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no argument. I, I told you I watched it for a second time. So I watched it earlier in the week, prepping for today. Mm-hmm. Watched it last night. Yeah, and fell asleep. Yeah. How could they be jamming us if they don't know if we're coming? Break off the attack. The shield is still up. I got no reading. Are you sure? Pull up! All craft, pull up! Take a base of action. Green group, step across the holding sector of each other. Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector 47. It's a trap! Right, excellent gentlemen. Man, it's been fun talking about this original Star Wars trilogy, especially with, with, with you guys, because you know, I'm getting a lot of the the background that I didn't get to be a part of back in eighty three, which I can't imagine. Uh, Matt, old? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm t- <laughs> maybe in a nice way. Uh, I tell Matt he was so spoiled in the eighties because man, he got he got this, he got Indy, he got Back to the Future, he got Rocky, he got Rambo, he got the Terminator, he got Predator, he got Robocop. And I got I got bullshit, man. So <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. But Mark, why don't you send us out into the week with uh with our nightcap? So so let me tee this up a little bit. Um, Lucas's first movie was a sci-fi film. I can't remember the name. X THX THX eleven thirty eight. Yeah, THX and a number or something mm-hmm. like that. Which it may, maybe most people don't know this, but um, coming from Modesto, California, where he grew up, you know, that was something we knew growing up. Then he made like American Graffiti, which is mm-hmm. anything but sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. But then Star Wars started, and so sci-fi is a genre that um, you know, just in my youth, I've I've, I've always appreciated, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's the engineer in me, the 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 kid who wants to dream about the future. That's why I had oh, a hard yeah. time with a galaxy, you know, long long time. It's ago like an oxymoron, really. yeah, 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 yeah. So so what I wanted to ask you guys is. Now, now, not movie, okay. but TV series. Okay. What is your favorite sci-fi TV series? Excellent. Matt, I'll let you go first. Oh, this was... It's the X-Files, and it's not even close. Oh. <laughs> it's That's the a X, good one. It's yeah. the X-Files. Oh, yeah. um, Mulder, Scully. Prior Scully to the days Man. of DVRs, and I remember multiple times planning my Sunday night accordingly to get home so that I didn't have to watch it tape recorded. I could watch it live. Yeah. I loved that show. It's really good through one through six, seven's a mess. But it's the, not only is that my favorite science fiction series, it's probably in with like Sons of Anarchy and Six Feet Under. Top all three time. of all time. Wow. It's brilliant. They did such, Chris um, Carter. Carter, Carter. Yeah. did yeah. such a good job of finding a way in episodic television on a weekly basis to show to have enough of a conspiracy theory to give the entire series theme but then in each of the one-offs that were standalone not tied to theme Mm -hmm. be entirely compelling on their own and there if you ever want to see the best of the x-files there's an episode out there called unnatural that i want everybody to check out Unnatural, I think, is season five. It's actually a baseball story. It's set in Roswell, New Mexico, about a baseball-playing <laughs> alien. Serious. And you all are probably like, what in the hell? From New Mexico, that means a lot to us, yeah. 
it is everything that the conspiracy theory in the X-Files was. And then the final sequence with Mulder and Scully taking batting practice and the symbology of the phallic bat that they're both wielding and the balls next to each other that literally look like testicles. It is <laughs> as good no, I know. and as smart as that series was. And there's a lot of Erlenmeyer oh, class. Oh, that's a great episode. It is a terrific episode. I always remember the Trailer Park uh, Freak episode. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's, for those that don't know, that's actually where Vince Gilligan got his start was writing on the X-Files. You're right. For Breaking Bad fame. Yes. Oh, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. No, that's, mm-hmm. yep. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That series is as a masterpiece. That, that, oh, I got it. doesn't surprise me. Now, now, you, you know, now you say that, but yeah. okay, that's why Breaking Bad's so good. I got a follow-up question for you, Matt. What okay. do you think of those two movies that they made of it? The first one was okay. Yeah. The second one was essentially one of the one-offs that they just turned into two hours. Sure. Um... I actually am okay with the first film. Yeah. From the bees to the black oil and all the stuff that they... They did a really good job of explaining and expanding at the same time. Mm-hmm. That movie never really... Or that series never gave you much answers. Yeah. Because doesn't he see like the alien ship leave yes. the Antarctic and like yes. uh, Scully's like, I think, unconscious. So yes. she doesn't get to see it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it also did like... <laughs> to me, the quintessential moment in that movie is when they almost kiss... Mm-hmm. Maybe they even do a little bit. Yeah. And Scully gets stung by one of the bees that's infected with the black oil. Yes. Uh, I remember that. It's everything that the X Files was. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So good. It goes across the eyes. Oh. It's a good choice. It's Thank a good you. choice. Thank you. Mark, what do you got? So, so yeah, shout out to X Files because I, you know, that brings back memories. My wife and I first started dating. We've been married for over 21 years now. When we first started dating, she had this like old black and white TV that didn't even have a knob. And I kind of put my little TV in there and we would watch X-Files. And, Sunday night must, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Okay, so all right, so I had to think long and hard about this because, you know, I grew up as a Stark, as a Trekkie, mm-hmm. right? Because that was, I mean, the story, the special effects were garbage, right? Yeah. Looking back on it. But the storylines were so good. Love that. And I'd be remiss for not mentioning Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, my daughter's like... Grew up on Doctor Who sure. and really well done. Again, bad special effects, but good story. Yeah. But I'm going to throw something out that hopefully is a little bit of a curveball for you all. Okay. Misfits. It's a Netflix show. Um, takes place in England. Mm-hmm. You've never heard of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's great. Okay. A bunch of young, unknown actors. Um, you know, There's this kind of cosmic event that happens, and they have various superpowers, and they have to learn how to deal with them. And there's even a way that superpowers get transferred from people. Um, it's actually really well done. Is Mis- it still is it still currently ongoing? It's, it's probably from, I don't know, five or ten years ago-ish. Um, don't recall, but... Wow. It, it is... It is how many seasons? You'll, you'll you thank know? me. Um, at least three, okay. if not five. I, I don't Misfits. recall, to be honest. Don't uh, watch The Witcher. Watch Misfits. Yeah. Okay. I, I recommend Misfits, Rise, Smile Nation. Excellent. Okay. Those are both good. Oh, question real quick. I, I have to ask this of any. Who's your favorite doctor of the Doctor Who's? I'm a David Tennant fan. He's really good oh, at it. Oh, my God. He's really you know, good I, at it. You know, he's really good. <laughs> we have a cutout of him at home. Mm-hmm. You know, as well as the TARDIS, we have two. Because <laughs> again, we're Doctor Who fans at yeah. home. Um, and I have a buddy in Germany that um, one of my best friends in there who looks just like David Tennant. Matter of fact, we've got a photo of him standing with the cutout. That's they awesome. Look so much alike. That's really cool. You guys are gonna throw something at me, but I didn't watch Doctor Who. But you know what show I used to love? Hmm. 
I freaking love Torchwood, That's... which was the spinoff from Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never yeah. watched it. Yeah. If you're looking for it's Doctor great. Who content esque, yeah. That's we just happened upon that. Mm-hmm. Man, we watched Torchwood and loved it. Yeah, I should probably do Doctor Who. I know I should, and like after I finish, start, start with the very beginning, the black and white, because it's so old school. Yeah, but as it moves into the David Tennant genre and whatever that Matt, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, yeah. guy, yeah, um, that's good. Okay. Yeah, it's good. All right, I had a fun. Oh, I'm going to mention the one, and then I'll mention kind of the honorable mention because it's I don't. I can't. Sorry, I still. I no, it's I, okay. I did. A, I pulled a Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can qualify the second one as sci-fi, but maybe you'll let me. But my number one choice, I could probably make the argument here on this show that it's the best written television show of all time. Okay, it's the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rod Serling was a I master behind the pen, like to come up with all those episodes. From Nightmare at 20,000 Feet to the one where the doctors are pigs to to Serve Man to uh, Time Left Enough in the World with Burgess Meredith. Some great high-concept twist-ending episodes. Shatner with the thing in the airplane. Yes. The Lizzie Borden one. Mm -hmm. I always remember that one, too, of the, the, like, it was like the the Good Samaritan toys in the trash bin. Oh, yeah. But they don't realize they're toys until the end, like... There's some great episodes in there, and there's some there's some like some to slog through, but for the most part, it's a pretty solid television series. Very much so. God, I'd love to see a movie about uh, Rod Serling, like a biopic. I think he'd be like a fascinating man to look at. And then I even like the Twilight Zone. Surprised Zo- that hasn't been done yet. Yeah, he's done that. No. You guys have an opportunity. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The Rod <laughs> Serling family rides. Let's talk about trying to win a fist fight with God. Yeah. The Rod Serling life rights. Yeah. Love. Just, yeah. But uh, you know anybody that can help with? That? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I even really like the Twilight Zone movie. That me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, because they redo Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet with John Lithgow. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. God, he looked nervous. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's my number one. It's. My number one for sure. Number two, and it's another guilty pleasure. And it's man, it's you. You have to like be in the right headspace to watch it. It's Twin Peaks, like. Yep. But uh, but I call that sci-fi. That's almost like hallucinatory fantasy. But whatever. Is that such a repressed Gen Xer? Yeah. Is that David Lynch? David Lynch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Look, look, you got Special Agent Cooper Funko right there. Right here. With his cup of Joe. Wow. It's a show that. On the surface, looks normal, but when you start watching, you're like, "Fuck! What am I watching?" Like, like the the little little person who's speaking backwards, and it, it's. Did you ever watch Firewalk? With Firewalk me? with me is a brilliant. Agreed. I think we should do a Lynch cast, and that film has to be in there. I'm game. Yeah. Can we do Blue Velvet too? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my yes. god. Yes. What do we still hunt? And then we'll do. We'll follow that. We'll, and, and then we'll do Eraserhead to start us off. And this will just be the weirdest cast. I'm so down. Ever. <laughs> There's no such as a normal Lynch film, but I'm oh, just yeah. saying, like, if if you if you want to know what it's like to do drugs without actually doing them, just watch one of his movies, and you'll just like you'll think you're going it, insane. It, it, Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, and Firewalk with Me. Oh my god! <laughs> you said earlier that he was in the running to do Return of the Jedi. Yeah, right. God, that could have been interesting. I had no idea that, that was, because oh at the god. same time, before It'd be a totally different film. The reason I have had teddy bears. The reason the reason he, he got that opportunity totally. is because he had previously done The Elephant Man. Yeah, and that's a uh, fairly normal film. 
for the most part. For him. For him. For him, it's yeah. not fairly normal. So, and it got him some critical praise. So that's kind of why he was in the running. But yeah, yeah, Twin Peaks. If you haven't seen it, yeah, give it a shot and good luck. That's all I can say. Give it a shot and good luck. <laughs> you almost need to watch it a couple times through, which there's only like 20-ish episodes. I'll be honest, I've never watched it. Oh. I've only heard about it. Go to edit. I think you can. And that's as much as I need to know. Yeah. On <laughs> demand. Oh, and by the way, I'm I, sure it's like I, I have to say somewhere. this. Mm-hmm. Okay, before oh. I forget. You all have about two days to finish this, but right now on any of your streaming services that you have, Acorn TV is free. And right now on Acorn TV is the And Then They Were None miniseries that we spoke about last week or two weeks ago. Knives Out episode. The Knives Out episode. Okay, so maybe four weeks ago, three weeks, whatever. Okay, so I burned through it this week. It is superb. It's three hours. It's three hour-long episodes. Sam Neill's in it. Um, Charles Dancer. Um, it's got a really, really solid cast. And it is a very accurate interpretation in a modern way of that story. I, don't walk. Run to your nearest streaming device. Take advantage of this. Don't pay for it. It's free. Get on it right now. We've talked about it so much. What's it called again? And then there were none. It's the Agatha Christie novel that is sometimes also called Ten Little Indians. Was this one? Oh, okay. It is. Was this one done by the BBC? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It great. It's it's great. It is great. Go get it. It's so good. Excellent. Yeah. And then there were none. Got it. Merry Christmas. That's my Christmas present to yeah, Radio Thank you for that. Reminder his, of that. Go check it your out. Your homework for the week. Homework. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Mark, for coming back on the show. It's always fun talking about this with I you and getting your you and your perspective. You. And man, this this cask is actually I, it's it's been a lot of fun. It like has been. to like we've had a different bottle every week, so that's interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah. But to just kind of like laugh and talk and kind of, you know, talk about Star Wars, it's, you know, times of the season. So, Matt, next week we got the big one. Um, our last final big release of 2019, Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. You've seen it. I've seen it. I think I, I ne- need to see it. You need to see it. <laughs> I think I need to see it again before we before we cover because it's a packed film in two hours and like 40 minutes <laughs> be thursday friday we can put something yeah. together and go together we'll check it out so I, yeah um spoiler alert we have seen it can i'm I gonna see you? it twice yeah of course okay. man. Sure. <laughs> uh, i'd love to that'd be awesome <laughs> my, my family's not star wars heads so you know i need somebody else to go to the movie absolutely but. make it happen <laughs> we'll, we'll plan a night there let's you go. do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah until then cheers gentlemen cheers gentlemen Cheers. I'm going to go freeze myself in carbonite. That way I don't have to, you know, talk about Return of the Jedi for a while. It could just kind of leave it in its box set. It's there. But, man, I'm really surprised at myself how much I've been talking about the prequels. Maybe there's a secret a secret nostalgic love for them, even though they're all three probably rocket films. <laughs> can I pose for next week? Yeah. The flight. <clears throat> Let's rank them. Okay. Um, or maybe the nightcap. Because that that would sort of spoil the the podcast. And then we'll, the all nightcap nine. should be one through nine. There you go. Let's do that. Oh, that the, sounds like fun. For the wow, nightcap, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Do you gotta go do something? Put that in a tauntaun and keep it warm. Yeah. <laughs> keep it warm. So I gotta go fire up my uh, lightsaber at home because I'm running low on coffee and I gotta go roast some more coffee. So I got something some to drink. Coffee beans, man. Yeah, I'm wow. a coffee junkie and I want a cup of that. I'll send you videos of my <laughs> coffee roast. Little sniper one-liners have gone. 
far and wide, my friends. <laughs> Man, from the bell <laughs> tower, bam! CGI freak show, or what was it? This movie was a CGI freak show. Yeah, excellent, was on fire this week. Excellent, Ryan Nation. We'll see you all next week. Everybody, have a good week. We'll see you in the dark. And Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay in the know for future episodes. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, and leave a comment at Productions at gmail.com. Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi is property of 20th Century Fox, Lucasfilm, and Walt Disney Pictures, and no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, may the Force be with you. No.